The Atlanta Braves offense helped them earn a split of a doubleheader against the Phillies on a Monday. Despite another miscue from Ozzie Albies defensively, is he becoming a liability on defense for the Braves? We'll discuss that much more on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jacob Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast there at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you, the listener, and letting me know how I can make this show even better for you and more interactive. And speaking of which, you can do so over on YouTube where you've been killing it, not just with the views, but in the comments as well, enjoying the discussions there. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're so close to 7,000 subscribers there. Also, if you're watching this video, hit the thumbs up button as well as it does help support the show, I promise you. Thank you so much to all our everydayers out there, those who make Lockdown Braves their first listen of each and every day, or whether you just listen every day. Would like for us to be your first one, but even if you just listen every day, I appreciate that. Chris LeClerc, Robert Blackman, David Searles, let me know on the last podcast that they're everydayers. And I know there's some of you out there who maybe aren't everydayers, but I see you in the comments section every day, and I really do appreciate it so much. All the comments every day and continuing the discussion down in the comments section on YouTube. So please continue to do that as I do enjoy reading those comments. Today's episode is brought to you by D- Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, a big podcast today. We got a lot to kind of get into here. Obviously, we got the double header, uh, one win, one loss. So we'll get into all of that. Kyle Wright's outing, uh, big home run days for Olsen, Michael Harris, Acuna had another home run. We'll get into all of that. And then in our Taco Tuesday segment, I'm going to focus on defense and specifically Ozzie Albies and whether or not he's becoming a defensive liability for the Braves. So we'll get into all of that. It's not an easy decision. I'm not going to sit here and tell you one way or the other how the Braves should handle that, but I think it is a discussion that's worth having at this point, especially as you get towards the postseason and all the little things really add up. But let's start with a doubleheader. In game one, a 10-8 win in extra innings. Braves have done better this year in those extra innings games, despite you know the Manfred rule, something they really struggled with early on with that free base runner. They've done a much better job of that this year. They almost blew it again with the error by Ozzy. It didn't go down as an error, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Offense to the rescue, as they've done a lot this year. Big hits by Kevin Pillar and Orlando Arcia. In that 10th inning, it's just uh, – we talked about it on the postcast, again, over on Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube or in your Locked On Braves podcast feed where you can get that postcast with me and Grant McCauley. But we talked about the fact these guys who just don't play for weeks and can come off the bench, whether it's Pilar, Nicky Lopez had a couple of hits in the second game, and they come off the bench and just are ready to perform. I mean, that is just – Uh, that's huge. And I think it speaks a lot about the character of those guys, the work ethic of those guys and the coaching staff to keep them mentally prepared and engaged in the game, knowing they may not play for an entire week or weeks at time on this Braves bench with how often the Braves starters post every single day. 
But big hit by Pilar there, and then another big hit by Arcia, who's been clutch all season long. The game started with a Little League home run by Austin Riley. It ended up being a triple and an error. Uh, and the guy just coming back from being sick and, and throwing up, that can't be easy uh, to run that much around the bases that quickly, but got it done, so that was an entertaining way to start the game. Acuna homered and stole a base. Uh, he also got caught stealing as well. Those seem to be piling up a little bit more here lately. Brian Snicker, you know, mentioned in his comments that, you know, it's getting late in the season. Even a young guy like himself, I'm sure the legs are getting a little bit tired here. We're going to talk about defense a lot and specifically Ozzie Alves, but we've been seeing, I think, in the last couple of weeks, just his lack of range, which has been there all year, but now we're starting to see that closing speed kind of hurt him a little bit as well, not being able to get to some of these baseballs. Had one that he lost in this game as well. Defense particularly was not great. In game one, we know the Phillies aren't a good defensive team. Bigger the Braves would be, but again, they have a few problem spots that we've t- discussed before. But Acuna does homer, gets another stolen base. Good game for him. Good couple of games for him. He stays hot and continues to make his MVP case. Always got his second extra base hit since August 13th, and that was the last game he played before he missed time from August 13th to August 28th. So uh just you know two extra base hits over that time 15 hits since coming back but again just not a lot of power which you're not accustomed to seeing from ozzy albies so don't know if that injury is you know lingering uh, i don't i'm not sure what's going on with ozzy albies right now the offense has been there all year that's not really a major concern but again the extra base hits just haven't been there as late and that's not like ozzy albies and i know he can have his hot and cold streaks as well so maybe he's going through somewhat of a cold spell offensively and it's going to heat up at the right time for the postseason. But we're going to talk more about Ozzy and his defense later in the podcast. As far as Charlie Morton's start in game one, I thought it was a fine start. Uh, it certainly wasn't his best, but I will take it from him, especially against that lineup in that ballpark. And again, like I said, the defense did not particularly help him out in this one. Six innings, six, six hits, four walks. And I get the four walks aren't aren't good when we're looking at Charlie Morton. We're looking for him to limit the walks and the home runs. And this one, it was the home, it was the walks and some bloopers that really hurt him. But two of those walks came to Bryce Harper, which I am completely okay with. I'm all on board for not letting a team's best hitter beat you. So you want to pitch around Bryce Harper, you know, lefty righty matchup there. You want to pitch around him, that's fine. You're gonna do that. You got to get the next guy. And Charlie Morton didn't. He walked. Bryce Harper, and then he followed that up and walked Alec Bohm. That just, you can't do that. And then later he walked Bryce Harper, and then he gave up a double to Alec Bohm. So you want to pitch around Bryce Harper. You don't like that matchup. You don't feel good with it. We saw what Bryce Harper can do tying up this game. I'm certainly fine with that, but you got to get the next guy. And Charlie Morton failed to do that twice in this game. I mentioned uh, the defense didn't help him. Probably led to a couple other runs on his tally. He gave up four on the day. Six innings for her, not what you want out of Charlie Morton. Certainly would like to see that, you know, that run total go down a little less. And like I said, with some better defense, it probably does. Nine strikeouts, though, that's pretty typical. Charlie Morton and 104 pitches, which I love to see. He gave the Braves six innings in the first game of a doubleheader, which is huge. Needed to have that out of your veteran, and he was able to battle through six innings, help save that bullpen. Ten whiffs and ten called strikes on that curveball. You know, continues to just be a dominating pitch for him. When he is on with that curveball, he can be nearly unhittable. Not the case in this game, but like I said, really good lineup 
from the Phillies and defense, you know, let a couple of balls drop in as well. So I thought overall it was a fine start from Charlie Morton. I will certainly take that from him uh, considering the circumstances. Dylan Lee gave a two-run homer, got optioned after the game. He's not the same. Um, you know, been a, a rough year for him with the injuries and, and trying to come back. Um, I don't know that he's on the postseason roster at this point. Uh, you know, I think it was coming into it. You know, maybe do they carry Brad Hand? Do they carry Dylan Lee? Do they carry both of them? Right now, I think it's I think it's Brad Hand, and Hand hasn't really been that good since coming over. So, do you have one lefty and AJ Mentor that you can really trust right now? That's kind of where the Braves are at the moment. But I can't trust Dylan Lee at this moment. He hasn't been good at the minor league level since coming back, and he hasn't been good at the major league level since coming back. He hasn't been good since coming back from injury. So, again, somewhat of a lost year potentially for Dylan Lee after he was so great last season. Hopefully he's able to to figure things out and, and you know, hope maybe he still has a chance, you know, to figure it out this season and be a part of the postseason roster. But it's just hard to see that at this point. Um, in game – well, let's finish off game one. You had the air – the misplay by Ozzy, it's not ruled an error. And then Iggy doesn't execute. Look, it's, it's a bad play by Ozzy, a play that needs to get made. I know it's a fast runner and it's a tough play, but it's a play that needs to be made. But then Iggy throws a first pitch, you know, breaking ball right down the middle to Bryce Harper, and he absolutely crushes it like he should with that pitch. So Iggy's got to settle down and make a good pitch after that as well. I'm not trying to put everything on Ozzy. It was still a, a two-run game with two outs. Iglesias has to make some pitches there to help, his, to help Ozzy out, and he did not. In game two, this was over before it started. Uh, I know the Braves offense, you know, had some runs laid and had an opportunity. They had the tying run up to the plate in the ninth inning, so they certainly had a chance, but Kyle Wright clearly was not ready. Uh, and this was a, you know, a rush job by the Braves, one they're kind of forced into just because of where the rotation is, because of some of the injuries they have. And, and quite honestly, I think it's partly because of all the shuffling that they continue to do with the rotation, optioning guys out, and then you can't bring them back up unless an injury occurs. So, you know, I think partially the Braves were backed into the situation. I think partially it's also of their own doing with the way they continue to shuffle these pitchers back and forth. And then once the pitcher goes down, you can't call them back up for 15 days unless there's an injury. But Wright clearly wasn't ready. He still needs to be, you know, making rehab starts at Gwinnett. Uh, but he comes up, you know, really rough first inning, gives up four runs, was almost out of it, got a big strikeout, thought he's going to get out of it only allowing two runs and then gives up a two-out, two-RBI hit to the number eight hitter in Sosa. And 4 nothing right out of the gate, you're down. And that's, you know, after not scoring Ron Acuna Jr. from third in the top of the first inning with nobody out. So it just felt like a bad start for the Braves there in this one, and they ended up losing the game by a couple of runs, 7-5. to five. But uh, I'm not sure what we can expect from Kyle Wright at this point. I had this discussion on the Sleeper app, which is great. We'll talk about that more here in a second. But uh, in our Locked On Braves Fantasy Football League, we were talking about this yesterday, the fact that uh, I've said before, you cannot put all your eggs in the, the Kyle Wright basket and him saving you know, or being that difference maker in the postseason. I've said that all along. And if that's kind of where you are with Kyle Wright, I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment. In my mind, I, I've never counted on him for anything. If he comes back and he's good, great. For me, that's icing on the cake. For me, I'm looking at, at, at Max Reed and Spencer Strider specifically. They have to be the dominant versions of themselves that they can be. And it's Charlie Morton just 
honestly being what he was on on Monday. Maybe a little bit better, like I said, six innings, three earned. You'll take that from any starter with this Braves offense. And if Charlie Morton can be that and Max Fried and, and Spencer Strider be their dominant selves, I feel very good about the Braves' chances. If Kyle Wright comes back and is anything like he was last year, again, to me that's icing on the top. But I'm not expecting that. And I don't know what you can expect from Kyle Wright at this point. And, you know, four starts from him now we've seen. We've seen one really good where he has his command, one really bad where he just couldn't locate anything, one really good, and now another one really bad. This one coming at the major league level at a against a very good lineup in a hitter-friendly ballpark. So is he going to have enough time to prove that you can trust him? That's my question with Kyle Wright at this point. Does he have enough time to prove that with just a couple of weeks left in the regular season, you're up to 60 plus pitches now. Obviously, want to you know get the he hasn't even got the the pitch count back up to where you want it yet. I mean, we've seen with Max Freed, it kind of it's even taken him a while to kind of get into uh, you know a run of things here where you feel comfortable and confident with him out there. But I just I don't know if there's enough time left for Kyle Wright to prove that for you to start him in a postseason game. Do you maybe you you ease him back? In a bullpen-type role, I think that's something the Braves got to find out here. But right now, I wouldn't count on Kyle Wright for anything. Uh, again, I'm hopeful, and I hope he gets back to being himself, and that would be a big boost for this Braves pitching staff. Uh, but, I, you know, again, it's just it, it's not enough time, in, in my mind, for Kyle Wright to really get to a point where you can trust him. And, and you know, we solved that on Monday just with the, the lack of control. Rust hasn't pitched in a while. Uh, you clearly see he is still battling that. In relief of him, Steven Jackson making his return was great. Pierce Johnson as well. They gave this team a chance, limiting them to just one run the rest of the way. So uh, great job by those guys. Michael Harris, he homers in both games. He's four away from a 2020 season. I said it's on the postcast as well. That should be the floor for Michael Harris. He should be going 2020 every year. I know he got off to the slow start this season, but that is just the, the floor in my mind, for him. So hopefully he does get those four home runs. He just missed it last year. So hopefully he gets that this season. And again, I expect him to put that up pretty much every season going forward. Matt Olson, two homers, puts him at 50, just one away from tying Andrew Jones for the single season franchise record. So hopefully he's going to break that here pretty soon. He's on an unbelievable hot streak once again. All right, next we'll move to our Taco Tuesday segment where we're going to discuss defense. Because I love to talk about but I would much rather talk about it when it's good. And unfortunately, we're going to talk about the bad. And that bad is Ozzie Albies. We'll discuss that next. MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Otani, Olsen. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more. For up to 100-time payout on Sleeper, get your picks right and you could win big. Sleeper is great for its social interaction. I talked about that, the fantasy football league that we're in for Locked On Braves listeners. It's been great for uh, chatting, talking about games. We talk about the Braves mostly in that chat, but it makes it really fun uh, as well as you go through this league together and can discuss those things happening in real time. It's a lot of fun. So I do highly recommend using the Sleeper app for your daily fantasy sports fix or your league-long Fantasy Sports Fix. Use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get up to a hundred times ma or hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Braves will be back 
in action on Tuesday night against the Philadelphia Phillies starting at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, it's our Taco Tuesday segment, talking about the biggest storylines in Braves country. And I don't know if this is one is out there so loudly right now, but I'm kind of forcing it out there. I wrote an article over at bravestoday.com. You want to check that out. Pretty much a companion article. It's what we're going to talk about here. But the Braves have some defensive liabilities on this team. First base, second base, left field, and, you know, in all honesty, right field somewhat, although I don't, my eye test doesn't specifically say that right field is bad. It has not been great. Certainly, Acuna doesn't get great jumps, but he usually makes up for that with his closing speed and his big arm, as you saw, even in the game on Monday where he loses the ball in the sun, picks it up, calmly fires 94 miles per hour uh, dart to home plate to get a, a runner out, but he's not been great out there in right field. I'll just say that. But from my, you know, for me, it's it's first base, second base, and left field where the Braves have the biggest defensive deficiencies. And honestly, Eddie Rosario, outside of that stretch after the All-Star break, he's been okay in left field. I, I don't think he's necessarily killing you out there. Matt Olson's been one of the worst defensive first basemen. You know, eye test, stats back that up. And so has Ozzie Albies. And that's kind of where I want to focus today is on Ozzie Albies. Costly error in game one on Monday. Again, did go down as an error. I would say it's a tough play. It, it honestly shouldn't be. Um, I know it's a fast runner in Trey Turner, and maybe that sped him up a little bit. Matt Olson, you know, not able to get to the bag in time to really give him a good target, but it's a play that needs to be made. And that's that's kind of been my issue when I talk about this Braves team and what worries me the most going into the postseason. It's, it's defense and, and walks by the pitching staff. And on defense, it's, it's more so – it's not errors – and they haven't been giving out a lot of errors this year. In my mind, that play on Ozzy's got, I don't know how it's not an error, but it's the plays that just should be made that aren't made. It's not the overly spectacular top 10 highlight plays. It's just the plays that, that could be made that aren't made. And maybe they don't go down as an error, but they probably should be. And this is a big one on Monday because, you know, it, it gets Bryce Harper to the plate as the tying run. Again, Iggy didn't. Did make good pitch there and got got beat, but still should have never happened. Shouldn't have gotten that point. And you have to go into extra innings. You have to use another resource and Kirby Yates in a first game of a doubleheader, no less. It's just a costly error. And I feel like we've seen that a lot from Ozzy this, this year. And he's just been bad. Uh, again, defensive analytics aren't perfect, and they don't tell the whole picture. And, and I've yet to see a defensive stat out there that I, I can just really get on board with. But even your eyes, if you're watching the Braves every day, will tell you Ozzie Albies has just simply been bad this year defensively, whether it's the lack of range, whether it's his, his arm, a lack of arm strength. And he did have the shoulder issue to start the year, which didn't help, but he didn't have the best arm before that either. He just, he's just been bad. I mean, just simply put, he's been a bad defensive player this year. And this is a guy that I admit, I, I thought he would win a gold glove one day. I thought he deserved a, a gold glove a couple of years ago. And he has just fallen off a cliff defensively for, for whatever reason. Um, you know, perhaps it's the fact that the shift went away. And I don't know if that exposed his lack of range a little bit. Um, you know, again, the shoulder issue with the arm strength, you know, that's always kind of been there, but he's just he's he's not good defensively. And it's becoming it's getting to the point where it's it seems like it could be a liability for the Braves. And 
like I said, I don't put a lot of stock in the defensive metrics, but they do kind of back up what the eye test is telling me. And you look at the numbers, minimum 500 innings at second base, Ozzy ranks 21st out of 24 with a minus two fielding run value. And that's Baseball Savant's new fielding stat that basically combines range and arm. And he ranks 20, 21 out of 24 second baseman with minus two fielding run value. Minimum 300 throws this year. He's last among second base and arm strength with an average throw of 71.4 miles per hour. Probably why he felt he had to rush that throw with Trey Turner because he knows he doesn't have the arm strength. So, again, one of the weakest arms and the weakest arm of all second basemen in baseball, well, you know, not great range either. 35th among 40 qualified second basemen for uh, outs above average at minus four. That mainly takes range into account. And, again, he ranks 35th out of 40 qualified second basemen. Among 11 qualified second basemen, according to Fangraphs, he ranks ninth with minus 2.5 defensive rating. He's seventh in DRS among those 11th uh, with two defensive run saves, and he's ninth in UZR at negative 1.5 stats that a lot of people look to on fan graphs for defensive metrics. So whether it's the eye test, whether it's the metrics, it would tell you Ozzie Albies has been one of the worst defensive second basemen in all of baseball this year. And again, I don't know exactly what's happened here. I haven't broken down film, and that's really hard to do defensively. But I don't know if it's defensive positioning. They're they're not putting him in a great place to succeed. Again, I don't know if it's the shift going away that's exposing that lack of range or if it's really just the arm that's hurting him. But whatever the case is, he's not good on the defensive side. And so it brings up a really tough question. Should he be getting replaced with Nicky Lopez? late in games we know Lopez is elite the numbers show it you know it's been a small sample size with the Braves but even the eye test and his short time with the Braves have shown it as well does Nicky Lopez need to replace Ozzy Albies late in the game can you replace Ozzy Albies um should you uh, uh you look at Ozzy Albies he is not just one of the better hitters on the team and look at talked about his cold streak and he has his cold streaks but at the end of the year he's always going to have his numbers and, and you know, really good power. He's also the leader of this team in my mind, or at least one of the leaders. How does that look in the clubhouse? How does Ozzy Albies, and I'm not saying he's a, a prideful person, but I got to imagine that that would, you know, hurt and sting a little bit if you're taking him out late in games because you don't, you know, that shows and, and tells the world that you don't think he's good defensively, even though everything we see tells us he's not good defensively but still I think you have to consider the impact on the team and the clubhouse if you do that if you're taking out one of your leaders late in the game in the most crucial spots of the game you're taking out one of your team leaders he's also your number two hitter and maybe it's time to talk about that changing again and maybe Michael Harris needs to stay in that number two spot especially against right-handed pitchers but he's your number two hitter if you take him out you potentially have Lopez batting second in your order in what would be the biggest spot of the game, late in the game, or if it goes to extra innings. That's not ideal either. Does having Lopez at second base defensively late in the game give you a better chance at winning that game? I can You can say the same about Pilar or Rosario, which should be a no-brainer in my mind. Again, it's not that Rosario is awful out there. Pilar is just better. 
And having Pilar out there late in the game defensively gives the Braves a better chance to win. It, it takes away, you know, an opportunity maybe for a bloop hit to get in. And I think if you're just asking the question, does having Lopez at second base defensively late in the game give you a better chance at winning that game? I got to think it does. So what would you do? I want to know your response to this in the comments below. What would you do? Do you think the Braves should put in Nicky Lopez defensively as a defensive replacement for Ozzie Albies late in the game? And perhaps it depends on the situation. You know, if Ozzie just hit in the bottom of the eighth or the top of the ninth and you got a, you know, you got a, a close lead, one, two run lead, then maybe it makes more sense. Cause then even if the other team does tie it, you're still, you know, you don't have Nicky Lopez coming up that inning. Um, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the right answer to this. It's tough. And I think, I think the reason it's tough is because of who it is. And it is Ozzy Albies and he is a team leader. And I know that probably shouldn't factor into it when we're talking about what gives you the best chance to win a game, but it, it is Ozzy Albies and it makes it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult in my mind to take him out of the game when he's one of your, your big leaders uh, look, Sn Snicker, and I'm, I'm assuming the front office is in on this as well. They hardly ever take out Rosario for Pilar in what I think is the most obvious defensive replacement situation. So I, I can't see them taking out Ozzy for Lopez, but I think it's a conversation, like I said, that needs to be had. And hopefully it's something Ozzy can work on in the offseason because, like I said, he's been really good on defense before. Maybe the injuries have kind of held him back a little bit there, but it's been quite the drop-off. He's gone from being you know, a gold glove finalist to one of the worst defensive second basemen in all of baseball. So you get in the postseason, all these little things matter. And having, you know, a play like that on Monday not get made, a play that I feel like Nicky Lopez probably makes pretty easily, could be the difference in winning and losing a postseason game. So I think it's something that you really have to think about as we go down the stretch here, but not an easy decision. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what's the right or wrong one here, but I would love to hear what you think and what the Braves should do in these situations going forward. Speaking of going forward, we'll talk about game three of this series happening on Tuesday night, a great pitching matchup between Max, Max Freed and Zach Wheeler. We'll discuss that next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you're going to have at your next event. Hopefully that's a Braves game. I've used Game Time to go to a couple of Braves games this year, and the, the, the it's gone smoothly. The, uh, the, the interface for Game Time is very easy to use. It's been just a simple process to use game time. They got those flash sales, last minute ticket deals that are great to look at as well. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves and Phillies will match up again on Tuesday night starting at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. I uh, got several roster transactions to talk about with the doubleheader on a Monday. Uh, before we do that, though, Matt Olson was named the Player of the Week. The Braves tied an MLB record for the most players being named Player of the Week in a season. Just telling you 
again, how great this team has been this season, but congratulations to Matt Olson. Kyle Wright was returned. As we know, Dylan Lee was option. We talked about that. I, I don't know what the future holds with him, at least for this season for the Braves. Dazewell Hernandez was transferred to the 60-day injured list to make room on the 40-man roster. So was Michael Soroka as well, which means he's going to continue to get big league service time, so the Braves will not gain that extra year of control over him. Jackson Stevens was returned. We talked about that as well. He pitched good in his first outing, and Winans was option, even though he pitched pretty good the other day. But Braves needed some more arms, so they continue to shuffle out these fifth starters as they option Winans. Game three between the Braves and Phillies on Tuesday night. Got to win the next two to clinch in Philly. Otherwise, you know, we'll just take it into the weekend. Braves will get there eventually, but got an opportunity here to win these next two games and go ahead and wrap it up against the Phillies. Freed versus Wheeler. Freed looking for revenge. Last postseason start didn't go well against Philadelphia, so maybe looking for a little bit of revenge. Honestly, I just need Max Freed to stay healthy. I need him to, to not get sick. I need Spencer Strider to get healthy and not get sick. I honestly don't care. They just put these two guys in bubble wrap the rest of the way. I need those two guys healthy and throwing their best when the postseason comes. I've said it, maintained it all year long. That is the biggest key to the Braves winning a World Series, having those two guys at the top of their game in the postseason. As for Zach Wheeler, he's always on the top of his game when he plays the Braves. 3.00 ERA, 1.71 whip, and 25 career starts against the Braves. He's on at least six innings and 11 straight starts. He's eight strikeouts away from 200. So going to be a tough task for this Braves offense. But, you know, this this team, when they're clicking, this offense, when they're on like they have been here lately, I feel like they can go up against any pitcher in baseball, especially in that ballpark where the ball can be flying, and it certainly was Monday afternoon and into the evening. This Braves offense can be very deadly against anyone. Again, it's the Braves and Phillies on Tuesday at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. It's Max Freed versus Zach Wheeler. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on the social medias at shortstopball and at lockdown underscore braves. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 